Welcome, friends, to Roundtable Radio, produced by Roundtable Writers, where artists support artists. Our multi-generational and multi-genre community is always open to new members. Go to www.roundtablewriters.org to learn more. If you enjoy our community and the projects we do, please consider donating the price of a monthly coffee by signing up on our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com slash roundtablewriters. Thanks for listening. From poetry and the profound to practical portraits of the writing life, from genres of the fantastic and romantic to matters of the stalwart dramatic, welcome to Roundtable Radio, a Roundtable Writer's production. Soft breeze is blowing, new green and glowing sun, warmly shining, melting the snow. Brook lets the hurry onward, they scurry down to the ocean gleaming below. Wake, oh my heart, and join in. New life is stirring, earth is reborn. For love is swelling, gay carousing, sorrow and gold must go. Welcome everyone to the second episode of Roundtable Radio's monthly theme series. In this series, we chat about different aspects of writing and the writing life. Hey guys, I'm Brendan and I've been a writer for the better part of 15 years. I started out as an actor with a lot of time on his hands and very few plays that I wanted to perform in. So in some of my free time, I thought to myself, hey, why don't I write a play that I'd like to perform in? And I haven't looked back. I went from plays to screenplays to now prose, and I've enjoyed every second of it. And I'm Odin. I'm the co-founder of Roundtable Writers. I'm a graduate from the Stone Coast MFA writing program, and I spend a lot of my time thinking about literature, ancient myth, psychology, socialist politics, science fiction, and dark academia. This week, we're continuing with the November theme of National Novel Writing Month. We'll be talking about what NaNoWriMo is, what it means to win the event, and offer some tips and tricks to help you get through the event while having as much fun as possible. But first... Brendan, we've got to do our What You Didn't Know gag. Uh, For those of you who are new to the podcast, every week we find something new to share. Uh, Brendan, what's yours this time? Every great conquering society has one thing in common. They don't completely obliterate their conquerees culture but instead they integrate their culture into the peoples that they just conquered so that they are able to maintain better control. So it's not such a jarring experience for those who just got taken over. And I have a linguistic example of that. So in old England, in the old English word, there's the word Tor. Now, Tor is hill, and they were very uncreative in Old English, and they just named this place Hill. Well, along come the Normans, and the Normans come in and take over, invade the Celts who are living in England at the time. And rather than completely change the name of this location, they decided to name it Tor Hill, which in Norman is Tor Pen. Now, fast forward, you know, a couple hundred years, you've got the Vikings and the Vikings come storming in from the Norway and from your homeland. Exactly. Mr. Odin Halverson. (laughs) 
the Vikings come storming in, kick the Normans out. Well, they have the exact same mentality. And so they name it Torpen Howe, which translates to Torpen Hill. Time goes on and modern day English speakers just declare that this is the name of this location and clarify it by calling it Torpenhow Hill. So what this hill in England is actually called is Hill, 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 Hill. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. What about you, Odin? What do you got for us this week? <laughs> well, my mine is uh, mine is actually uh, a lot more a lot more simple than that. Um, I really I really enjoy that. Uh, this is another perfect example of of how English is an incredible mutt language. Um, <laughs> mine is just a few statistical points that I find pretty interesting. Um, first off, which nation in the world do you think is the most literate? Ooh, um, most literate. I'm going to guess that it's a trick question and it's going to be something that I don't know. I'm going to say, uh, Japan. Hmm. Uh, so Japan is actually up there in the top along with South Korea and China, but actually it's Finland. So Finland, the, the tiny little nation of Finland is the world's most literate nation, um, at least according mm. to data from 2016. That's the most recent that I could find. Uh, so it's kind of fascinating, actually. Finns read. Yeah, it is. Not as much, however. The Finns don't read as much as, guess, which country actually reads the most. Reads the most. So this isn't the most population that reads, but this is rather the amount that the portion that does read consumes absolutely the hours spent reading per person per week okay so i'm gonna go with it being another cold country because you've got <laughs> nothing to do but sit inside and read and so <laughs> i'm gonna go with uh denmark so most interestingly it is it is not a cold country it's the opposite end of the world it's india so in India, the hours spent reading huh. per person per week are actually... Well, I guess the same thing Same thing applies. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they're up to 11 hours uh, per, per week, per person per week. Wow, that's impressive. It is, especially compared to countries like the United States, where the average is around five and a half hours a week. Yeah, my, my average is a lot less than that, too. <laughs> my, mine mine fluctuates I, I i'd say i'd say that some years my average is higher some years my average is lower so you know <laughs> uh, i could probably safely bet that our average in the month of november however is significantly lower <laughs> well that is because we are cranking out the material that other people are reading so i think that's fair that is true <laughs> That is well, um, why don't we jump on over to, uh, to the main content for today's episode? So today, our goal is to share some of our memories of past NaNoWriMo events or the projects that we worked on. Then we're going to talk about a bit of the purpose of the event and delve deeper into the difference between the soul of NaNo and the advertising and how this confuses someone or some people when it's actually intended to inspire well, I'd also like to share a little bit about the uh, writer John Steinbeck and how his journaling process helped him maintain a strong daily writing practice. I actually talked about this in length last episode, so this will be just a brief touchstone for those who missed that and haven't yet gone back. 
uh, to give that a, list, a listen. But I think it's really interesting. And Steinbeck is one of my one of my favorite writers and a very important figure. So one of the really fun things is um, Steinbeck kept a writing journal through a good portion of his life that he started when he started working on uh, Grapes of Wrath. He needed to get this done in a, in a certain timeline. He needed to make sure that it happened. He needed the money <laughs> so that he and his wife could, you know, continue to live and enjoy their life. So he needed to make sure that he did the work. And in order to do that, he wanted to track when he wrote, when he didn't write, and the reasons why he wrote or, you know, did not write. So this is a entry from that journal, which he says, in writing, habit seems to be a much stronger force than either willpower or inspiration. Consequently, there must be some little quality of fierceness until the habit pattern of a certain number of words is established. There is no possibility, in me at least, of saying, I'll do it if I feel like it. One never feels like awaking day after day. In fact, given the smallest excuse, one will not work at all. The rest is nonsense. Perhaps there are people who can work that way, but I cannot. I must get my words down every day, whether they are any good or not. And I think for anyone who is, uh, you know, who has tried National like Novel that. Writing Month before, right? I think that those people are going to be able to see themselves in this and maybe actually see the point of National Novel Writing Month, which is truly just to sit down and write words every single day day the other bit of the the soul of NaNoWriMo that is very apparent to me this year hmm. um is that the the words that you write are not required to be part of the same project hmm. so I have been working on uh my project which I've I am up to currently about 18 just over 18,000 words Nice. Um, and periodically, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, I find myself occasionally completely uninspired to write that story. And I sit down and I look what I wrote the day before and try to find inspiration to continue this story. And I literally cannot find any will to move forward. And that's okay. I don't need to continue writing this book. I don't need to continue forcing myself to write this book because that's not the point of NaNoWriMo. What I do instead in those moments is I start a second project. Now, it works for me because my brain is chaotic and, and moves at a million miles an hour. And so I'm able to jump back and forth from project A to project B, but I'll have a secondary project that, I'll have a goal of, you know, about 10,000 words in the month of November. And this is really just my secondary throw things at it when I'm totally uninspired with my main project. And usually by about a day or two of writing in my project B, I'm able to work back up my inspiration to jump back to my core project and continue writing. And it doesn't mean that those days are wasted days. Those days are just as valid as writing days Ooh. as the days that I spend on my main project coming along. Odin, you, you said you were getting yours. You seem like you, you're up all hours of the night these days. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I I actually realized that I might have mentioned this last episode, but I realized that I actually needed to transform my uh, my my schedule, my daily habits in order to make this November work. I hadn't planned on doing NaNoWriMo this year because I've been you know pretty busy and my partner is a teacher. And so our life is oftentimes hectic and very, very uh, focused on a controlled schedule. Sure. Right. You know, it's, 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 it's interesting trying to be a writer and working around the dynamic of, you know, of a family of other people in your life, but it is possible. What I, what I discovered was like at the beginning of the pandemic, I quite enjoyed the freedom of suddenly being at home and having all of this time to just work. And I got a lot of writing done. And then when my partner started to have to go back to teaching, I had to reformat my schedule in order to, to do a lot of the things that she just couldn't do because she wasn't here anymore. Uh, sure. So, you know, right, right. Like taking care of the house chores, all that kind of stuff. Well, that very rigid schedule, which was a full on block schedule that was quite tight every day started to get a little stressful over some time. And then I noticed that I, I wasn't really feeling like writing during any of the blocks that I had scheduled for myself. And I tried to move those blocks around and they just weren't working. When this November rolled around, I decided to do something kind of radical, which was actually a little bit of uh, an inspiration point from an author that I met in Ireland, uh, Kevin Barry, who was talking about how when he was working on one of his his novels, a really dark, noir uh, kind of like sci-fi-esque sort of thing. Um, he actually had to write it at night and he would he would only get to see mm. his partner for brief portions of like the morning and the evening. <laughs> uh, and he, you know, he finished working that way. He said it was a very strange process. It put him in a really odd headspace for like a year afterwards, but he got his novel done. Mm. And that's what inspired me to make this shift where now at night I, I write, you know, my partner goes to bed and I spend two to three hours just with my novel until I hit my word count. And together with like knowing that I have to hit a certain number of words each night with also knowing that I have an uninterrupted space of time in which to write and a space in time where there is nothing on the other end, but sleep <laughs> i don't have appointments i don't have duties right. i don't have chores it's just writing and then bed that has actually allowed me to stick to my word count um pretty closely i've only missed two days of writing this this month mm. and that, that has felt that has felt really good nice that's impressive thanks that's an impressive yeah. feat well what so it, um what was like one of your favorite nano projects to to work on do you do you have any that you remember that especially fondly well uh yes uh my very first one actually um now my very first one in retrospect you know it was as very young it was one of the very first full-length novels that i had ever written and so as such it has a lot of issues. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay <laughs> with looking back at, you know, some of my old work and going, Ooh, okay, hold on. That, that part's a little funky there. I gotta, that needs some work, but I cannot seem to let these characters go. I cannot let this, these group of characters and this, this universe that I built for them, I, I cannot seem to let them go. And every time that I, start to work on something new. One of my first thoughts is let's redo that one. 
let's fix that that first project let's redo those characters and every time i i attempt and you know sometimes it works better than others but i cannot seem to tell these character stories properly or as of yet have not felt like i can tell these story these character stories properly or the way that i would want them to um but that hasn't stopped me from trying and they have been one of my absolute favorite group of characters that I've ever created to the point that I cannot let them go. We're going on six years now or so of me attempting to write and rewrite these, this group of characters stories. And each time it, it almost feels like they have become, um, family members and I am doing them an injustice by telling their story improperly. Um, wow. That's, that's lovely. I, I love hearing that you've reached that point. I don't think there are very many characters in my, kind of my, my history and my pantheon that have reached quite that same level. I, I can only think of, you know, think of, um, uh, I can count them on one hand. <laughs> so that's really exciting. <laughs> And I can't, I can't particularly tell you why, actually, why these five characters resonate more powerfully with me than any other character that I've ever written across, mm. you know, plays or, or film or even in prose. But for some reason, you know, I fall asleep at night thinking about random characters, random plot lines and... I find more often than not, it, they revolve around these five characters. Ah, that's fantastic. That's really, that's really incredible. That, that is a story right there that needs to be told. Like those, those characters are living within you and they, they need to be put on the page. They need to be in the world. I think that's, I think that's honestly a goal that I, I think most writers share is being able to create characters that feel that urgent, you know, that, that compelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Moving on to the kind of the final segment of our episode today, would you say that you have any advice for other writers, especially writers who are trying to put all these words down in November that could help them reach that same level of, you know, uh, invention and excitement over their characters? Yes. Be realistic, um, mm. especially in November. There are so many uh family obligations that come up in the month of november you know it's easy to say that thanksgiving is just one day but if you know your family is anything like mine the family obligations extend past well past that single day and so being realistic with your expectations at the very get-go of knowing that in the the say three four days surrounding thanksgiving you're not going to get any writing done. That's It's just simply not going to happen. And being realistic with if you have two jobs, if you have kids, if you have other types of very important responsibilities, saying that, oh, I'm going to write 1,600 words a day may be completely unrealistic, and that's okay. But being able to say, you know, every Saturday I'm going to write – you know, 3000 words, but then during the week, I'm only going to do, you know, 200 words per day as we go along. And even in the end, you still get your end word count, but you fully acknowledge that 
every Saturday you are pulling yourself away from everyone. You're sitting down by yourself. You are writing. Maybe you're finding a coffee shop. Maybe you're going and following one of the NaNoWriMo um, write-ins and sprints that happen along the way, which in this day and age is a lot more virtual than they used to be. But even so, finding that group of people, that like-minded group of people to just sit down and do your work with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Finding a way to create that space. And I truly believe that community events, just community in general, is one of the best ways to do that. You know, here on uh, Roundtable Writers, we actually host a write-in every Monday morning. And not everybody can always make it, but usually people touch in um, via via text. Uh, Brendan, you've sent uh, some great little messages, some images of the land <laughs> yeah, that your I... family's working on. Yeah, I often have to actually work Monday morning, so I haven't been able to attend the last uh, several weeks, but I always check in. I always will sometimes leave and click into the video chat and just join <laughs> in just to say hi and mm -hmm. and just you know help even so much as letting my other fellow writers know that I am in the space, the mental space with them. Yes. Can often yes. even just be a supportive aspect to my fellow writers. Oh, fundamentally. Every every time that happens and you know, we know that you're there or other people pop in briefly who haven't been there in a while. Um, even people who just pop in and they're like, Hey, I, I have an appointment later today. I've got to run and do that. But I wanted to let you guys know that I am thinking about my story and I'm thinking about all of you here. That is transformational. And I don't believe that I would be able to do as many of the projects that I have been working on the last few years without having that, that wonderful support. It's been a, it's been a great group that, mm -hmm. that we've organized here. Um, I've never had, I've always attempted to be a part of writing groups and they've never really worked out for me for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times it's because you know, pre pre pandemic, it was always meet at this coffee shop at 5pm <laughs> on Tuesdays or whatever. It had a very rigid schedule to it, mm -hmm. which, you know, if I didn't have, you know, work or other life things to work around, having that kind of a schedule could really work. But for me at the times, you know, I, I would be able to make one meeting a month, maybe one meeting every two months. And that just wasn't working out for me. The for benefit sure, that I, mean. I, yeah, you, you just can't <laughs> commit to something like that. And that's what I love about what you have created here, Odin, with Roundtable writers of even if it's not writing topics, but we, you know, casually in the evenings, I'll get random messages that we start discussing Dungeons and Dragons, or we start discussing the latest Marvel movie that came out or whatever it is. And, but it has, it just helps build this sense of community and this sense of a group that I find myself every single day clicking back into that discord group and checking in and seeing it, who has posted what and who has been there and who, who needs help, who is around. I find myself checking in every single day. I think there's that that sense of camaraderie that exists in in a writing group like that, and it's it's actually something that I remember from my days, uh, you know, acting. That same sense of like, oh, we we are all here together doing something 
at the same time, we are all part of this grander project together. And I think that that can be one of the most inspiring experiences for an artist in, in life ever. <laughs> Absolutely. And that, you know, we, we is, have evolved to favor groups. We have evolved to feel safe and protected in numbers. And you can look back through history and see that, you know, when we have been war torn and when we have been scattered across the globe, we do, there are significantly less books and art and music being created. But when we are all safe and happy and together and, you know, are prosperous, suddenly music, art, novels, they all start springing back up. Ah, I love it. And that, that, that is absolutely true. I think, I think that is also a perfect place to tie up our episode and, and wish our listeners uh, some, some farewell good vibes for their word counts in the days ahead. <laughs> yeah, good luck. We're coming into our final week here. Mm -hmm. um, as of recording this, we have officially seven days left to finish up your novel. So, and again, it doesn't have to be 50,000 words. That just happens to be the NaNoWriMo's goal. That doesn't have to be your goal. So whatever your goal is, let's hit it. Let's get to that mark in the next seven days. Let's all get there. I think uh, a final a final quote by Steinbeck might actually be perfect to end on after after you said that. Um, yeah. So another another excerpt from his journal where he he writes... Every book seems like the struggle of a whole life. And then when it is done, poof, never happened. Best thing is to get the words down every day. And it is time to start now. Well, that's all right, guys. Uh, we'll see you in, uh, in another month here for our next theme series. We don't have a theme for it yet, but we will let you know on social media when we do. Until we'll then, see y'all in December. Happy writing. Happy writing. Roundtable Radio is brought to you with the generous support of our Kofi patrons. If you enjoy our community and the projects we do, please consider donating the price of a monthly coffee by signing up on our Kofi page at ko-fi.com slash roundtablewriters. Our music is Spring off the 1941 album Folk Songs of the Americas and uploaded to the Internet Archive by the Cali Austin Foundation. Roundtable Radio is made available under the Creative Commons license BYNCSA. This license allows reusers to distribute remix, adapt, and build upon the material in any medium or format for non-commercial purposes only, and only so long as attribution is given to the creator. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.